Quasimodo geniti infantes, rationabiles sine dolo lac concupiscite. Just like newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. 1 Peter chapter 2. Today is Quasimodo Sunday. That name comes from the first word in Latin of the introit or the entrance anthem for the first Sunday after Easter Day, today, which you just heard me recite in Latin. Back in the day, churches had specific anthems for particular days, a practice we have mostly fallen out of, especially us Episcopalians. Quasimodo is Latin for just like, just like newborn babes. In Victor Hugo's novel, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, a newborn child is abandoned on the steps of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris on the Sunday after Easter Day. And so he is named Quasimodo after the day. Quasimodo, the character, was born with a hunchback, and he carried that wound through life. On Thursday, just a few days ago, I had a reunion on Zoom with some guys that I used to meet with once a month in person for about 10 years. I met them in the Billies, a group of gay men who have retreats four to six times a year up in Northern California near Ukiah. I stopped going to those gatherings when I entered seminary in 2008 because my life took a totally different turn as I became immersed in this vocation. But these guys and I kept meeting together until a few years ago when it kind of fizzled out. In the Billies, there's something called a heart circle. If you've ever gone to 12-step groups or know something about Native American practices, you may recognize it. Basically, you sit in a circle and pass around a talisman. And whoever has the talisman gets their turn to speak without interruption from the heart. So at this Zoom reunion last Thursday, we decided to have a heart circle because we hadn't been in touch for over a year. I went first, and my share, as we call it, consisted of all these newsy bits. Oh, it's been a hard year, overwhelming, I've done this, I've done that, we might buy a condo, and let me show you some photos of it, and on and on. Then I sort of passed the virtual talisman. And every other guy afterwards, who has still lived in that land of the billies, gave this very deep personal share about the pain that they've experienced over the past year, of not getting to be with friends, feeling lonely and anxious and isolated, loved ones getting sick, feeling paranoid at seeing people on the street without a mask on, mortality, you know, deep stuff. And as I heard them speak, I, I realized my share was kind of shallow, you know? I was just giving the news of the day and I'd fallen out of that practice of deep sharing. I thought about this and I told them later in our meeting that, you know, so much of my energy in this past year has gone towards trying to keep 
this faith community together. That part of being a priest, if you do it right, is that you take care of other people first. You make sure they're going to be okay. And then if there's time, you worry about yourself. And you know, it's, it's been overwhelming. No, I'm not here so that you can pat me on the back. You can do that, but it's not why I'm telling you this. But I, I had to kind of shut down other parts of myself to be a priest, to make sure we'd be okay. And I tell you that because I'm going to guess that some of you who are not priests may have had to shut some part of yourself down to be able to get through this time. I don't know your life, and some of yours I do, but for the most part, I don't know what you've had to deny yourself, things that bring you joy. Maybe you've had to not look at things that are painful, or you've had to deal with things that normally you could keep hidden away, but it was just you at home alone, and they were staring you in the face. So, as we come out of this time, as spring is here, and vaccinations are here with their promise of new life, I hope we can emerge with an intention to share more deeply with one another. We've had to take care of other people in our lives. We've lost loved ones or had them get sick. We've worried. And that does something to you. I pray for you and I pray for me that we can have our deeper selves back again someday, and that we can share them. So that's what I realized on the Zoom call. Later I started thinking about the wounds of Jesus after his resurrection. I've always thought, what a weird detail to include in the story. What an interesting thing. Why couldn't he come back powerful and glorious and brilliant and dazzling like the transfiguration? I mean, he, he walks through the door. That's pretty good. But he's got the wounds. Why? What's the point of that? What are we supposed to make of it? What the message for us is, Jesus knows we suffer. And he doesn't want to be superhero, powerful God, walking through the door and saving us. His salvation comes through suffering with us. And so he says, look, it's me. Because this happened to me for you. But I also see you and your wounds, and I know that you suffer. And I'm with you in that. The thing about those wounds is they identify him. I will know my Savior when I come to him by the mark where the nails have been, as the old song goes. Some of the wounds that we carry in our lives, what's been done to us, or what we've done that we feel makes us unlovable, people can see those in some ways. We can be identified by our wounds if we let them show. People can also see that we have wounds by how hard we try to conceal them. 
So the other message of those wounds post-Easter. Jesus teaches us by example that it's important to stay vulnerable. Not to lock yourself up in the upper room of your heart and try to hide from the things that scare you. Or to hide the real you from the rest of the world. Know that God is with you. But also know this. The way through that door, out of that room and back into your life, is vulnerability. To let your wounds be known to risk being wounded again, to let yourself be seen, markings and all. And that's hard. That takes energy and effort when we have so much to navigate through in our daily lives. But Jesus is with us in our woundedness and he will walk through those doors at our side. I pray that as things open up again, our reunions will be deeper and more vulnerable because we've been through this time, apart but together. Anytime you've been through a battle, you love your comrades more. I suspect Thomas's heart was troubled, not so much by doubt as it was by a refusal to be vulnerable. I will not believe again to risk feeling devastated, forsaken, and wounded once more. So he's dead. End of story. Lucky for him, there was a Sunday after Easter when he got to see and believe. Blessed are we who believe that we may see. Just like Quasimodo, We carry a little hunchbacked wound in our hearts. But what others mocked as deformity in him is what made him real, gave him character and compassion, brought poignancy and loyalty to his love for Esmeralda. So too our wounds, if we don't let them overwhelm us. Quasimodo couldn't hide his. Jesus couldn't help but show his. Don't let yours fester, hidden and unhealed. Amen.